and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. On today's episode, I've asked Rob Salas, our client service manager here at Paylocity, to join me to talk about gender identity and expression in the workplace. So Rob, thanks for jumping on with me today. Thanks so much, Sherry. It's great to be here. So I thought maybe we could start with you sharing a little bit about yourself and your background in this space. Thank you. Um, I've been with Paylocity for seven plus years and in the payroll and HR industry and leadership for 18 years. Um, I co-lead Paylocity's PCTY Equality Employee Resource Group. I serve as a member of our Culture Club and work with our Diversity Leadership Council on other DE&I task force initiatives. And in my free time, I enjoy spending time with my friends and family, cooking, um, barbecuing, and engaging in philanthropy causes with local charities. I didn't know you were such a um, well-known cook. I'll have to get some pointers from you. Yeah, like I have my own family recipe rub and barbecue sauce that I make. So Ah, I love it. Um, Maybe we could start our discussion around just some basics on definitions. So let's start with what is gender identity? So gender identity is the innermost concept of one's gender or how like someone perceives themselves. So it's really important to understand that everyone has a concept internally of their own gender. And so everyone has a gender identity, even if you never like to stop to take the time to think about it or, you know, realize it like everyone has a gender identity because it's just how you feel about yourself internally. And why do you think it's so important to be able to express one's gender identity in the workplace? So, I mean, gender identity is part of larger identity and people spend a lot of their time at work and with their coworkers. So being able to be who they are and not feeling like they have to hide themselves or be unsafe or be in danger where they spend so much of time in their lives is important to making people feel safe and valued and acknowledged. So when employees feel like they can bring their whole selves to work, they're more engaged Um, And, you know, engaged employees like have less absenteeism, less workplace errors, and even less workplace accidents, according to a poll conducted by the Gallup organization. So important to be able to just be yourself. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, you know, in previous roles and, and they've shared, like, I don't feel like I can be myself. I don't think I can speak the way I want to speak. Um, What barriers do you think exist right now for that type of expression? I think the biggest barrier is just a lack of understanding and education, which on one hand is actually pretty positive because education is a pretty easy gap to fill, um, but can be challenging if an organization doesn't have someone who's knowledgeable to lead the charge. Um, But the great thing is, is there's plenty of resources out there to bring understanding and education to organizations. Do you have any examples of resources that you've used in the past that our listeners could also tap into? Yeah, there are some really great resources through SHRM, uh, the Society for Human Resource Management, and the HRC, which is the Human Rights Campaign. They have a wealth of resources for businesses and HR professionals on understanding gender identity, expression, sexual orientation, um, and other topics, and how to assist with resources in the workplace, including sample policies. Um, that companies can use to kind of get their process started. Those are all good for, I think, those listening. When you think about 
what kind of education we need to provide to our employees. What are some of the things that come to mind for you? Um, I think the best place to start about education is really around respect for people. It really comes down to the basic concept of respecting people and recognizing them for who they are. You know, everyone really wants that for themselves. So it's an easy concept to say, if you want respect um, for yourself as an individual, other people want it for themselves too. And once you can get consensus and buy-in for a workplace of respect, you know, for each individual, it's much easier to begin to share more training around diversity, equity, and inclusion, Um, whether that be someone's gender identity, their race and ethnic identity, their religion, their abilities, et cetera. So really starting with a concept of, you know, respect for self and respect for other individuals um, is kind of the foundation stone to build the training and education on regardless of, you know, where you're headed. It seems like that would be a nice uh, addition to um, you know, your base level unconscious bias, intro to DE&I kind of concepts, and then taking that to the next level and um, weaving things in like microaggressions and those kinds of things to, to really help you center around how do you just show respect, right? Yeah. And what does that look like? And, you know, helping people understand what that may or may not look like and that it could be different for, you know, people that are in their organization. I really like that you touched on it being different. I recently read an article that Harvard Business Review put out called Creating a Trans-Inclusive Workplace. And it led me to think about what programs and policies do we need to consider that support gender expression beyond just education? So I think, um, as I said, the best place to start is really creating a policy within your organization about respect for others and how that's an expected part of company culture. That's something that we did here at Paylocity. And then really, you can then tack that onto a policy about what is or is not acceptable as far as harassment or discrimination, bullying, microaggressions, those kind of things that you mentioned. Those are the foundation stones. And once you have those policies in place, then you can move forward with, you know, creating maybe uh, a gender inclusive bathroom policy or creating a transition policy so that employees who may be transgender and are going to be transitioning in your workplace have support and know how that process works and what are the resources that are available to them. Um, And as I said, if you go to um, the SHRM website or the HRC website, they have a lot of base policies that it's great to kind of use and then build off of, um, you know, specific to your organization. I like that you mentioned genderless bathrooms um, and some of those support materials. Have you seen a change in this space um, over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think there's definitely been a change. Um, You know, organizations realize that, you know, there's different needs for different employees. Um, You can even see not only in the gender expression space, but also for, um, you know, like, like mothers and nursing rooms and those kind of things that are also Um, you know, making more advancements in the space, which I think is great. Um, It's really kind of, you know, a lot of times organizations look at it and they think of it as really a really complex issue. But there can be really quick gains if your facilities already have a single-use restroom. It's simple to just relabel that as a gender-neutral restroom because, I mean, chances are people are already using it from either gender anyways, but just throwing a sign on there that says gender-neutral is a quick, easy way to make a gain if your facility has like a single-use bathroom. Um, you know, where separate multi-use bathrooms exist in your facilities. Maybe you don't own your building. You know, maybe there's, you know, like separate bathrooms that exist. 
um, you know, reconstructing your building is labor intensive. And it's not something that a lot of organizations can do. So in that case, it's easier to work with your team internally to create a policy where people can use the bathroom that aligns closest to their gender identity, because that's something that you can do with your existing facilities and not have to make any, you know, significant changes to the construction of your building. Um, and then, you know, the best thing with that is really once you create the policy, have some training and education and then roll it out to their employees, because there may be employees who have concerns and you want to make sure you're addressing those um, in a space where they feel like they're being respected and they can, you know, share their concerns and have those answered, but where you're also respecting the people um, who may, you know, need the policy to be in place to feel protected um, and able to use the restroom that aligns with their gender identity or expression. It's so important when we talk about topics like this, I think, to create the space to have the conversation. We've talked a lot about this when it comes to um, DE&I initiatives. And I have found that, you know, in building relationships and, you know, me on my own journey is when people give me the space to ask questions that that I'm still working through. One, I learn so much more because I have the freedom to ask the questions. And two, I think it helps craft some of the, you know, policies and things and FAQs that we need to create for the other parts of our population um, as we're educating them on some of these topics. Absolutely. It's all about creating a safe, inclusive environment. And part of that is for people to be able to ask questions because not everyone comes from the same backgrounds. They don't have the same understanding or maybe education, you know, the same like, you know, political or, or socioeconomic background. And so they may not have had exposure to some of the topics that we're talking about, or they may not live in an area where they've come into contact with, you know, people from different backgrounds or identities. And so it's great to just have like a really encouraging, safe environment to be able to like have productive conversations around these things and really let people, you know, talk about their like their questions and their concerns. And that way you can, like you said, build the education around that and make sure that everyone feels like they're being included in that process. So we're heading into Pride Month. What kinds of things or or ways can we help support gender identity expression during Pride Month? Um, I think it's great to reach out to organizations in your local areas um, to see what, you know, what is available. There's always, you know, um, specifically charitable organizations that have, you know, drives and events during Pride Month. It's definitely one of those things to be mindful of. It's also a great time to just provide more education. You know, like for us internally, we have some panels coming up talking about LGBTQ, you know, Pride Month history, ways that people can be involved in their own communities. Um, and just increasing that understanding, um, you know, level across the board. As we wrap up our conversation, is there anything else that our listeners can take away from from resources, maybe beyond SHRM or, or HRCI, as we've mentioned, um, that could really help their employee population understand the importance of gender identity expression and how we as, you know, a collective, as a company can help support each other? I think the biggest thing is really just, like I said, concentrating on respect for individuality and kind of building that, you know, everyone wants, you know, whether you call it the golden ruler or however you were raised, you know, everyone wants like, you know, the respect for themselves that, you know, and then how can you extrapolate that and make sure you're giving it to other people? So I think, you know, really approaching it from that human individual level and then, you know, like building upon that is a great resource and a way to get started. You know, it's never going to be, 
a conversation where there may not be, you know, some disagreements or there may not be some ideas that, you know, need to be expressed and, and, you know, like really talked about. But I think if everyone goes into it, like with an open mind and from a place of, you know, sincerity and really trying to understand where the other individual is coming from, I think understanding and, and that level of compassion is really like what makes these conversations, you know, go a lot easier. And if everyone can kind of, you know, walk in with an open mind and, you know, respect for the fact that the other people in the room are humans too, and they have their own backgrounds and, and you know, like, and, and ideas, uh, I think that goes a long way towards really making a difference in your workforce and in your, in your place of business. Yeah. Just like everything else, you know, what you see isn't the whole person. <laughs> There's so much more to people. And, and I'm sure those listening have seen the iceberg and, and how, you know, you're only getting this little glimpse of somebody. So I just, I really love all the advice that you had, Rob. So thanks for taking a couple minutes to jump on and talk about this um, really important topic in the month of June. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's been great being here. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.